When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of the Bootsy Boys, Michael Flatley's Blackbird, where we review the actual film, Michael Flatley's Blackbird. Looking for something worth dying for. Dancing hot sex man adventure romance. He will kick several Nazis and get in your pants. He's got two guns. Looks young for his age. He's the fucking Blackbird. I'm Mikey Fleming. Uh, I'm the director of the podcast. Uh, crucially, the podcast, <laughs> uh, which was called The Booty Boys, Michael Flatley's Blackbird. Um, and I'm here with uh, Richard Zimmerman. He was one of the writers, I sorry, question mark, because you've many na- a man of many names, um, <laughs> but one of the writers of the podcast and one of the members of the Booty Boys. Yeah, that's that's me. Um, yeah, so I guess we are here because we wrote a podcast about a film that we heard was going to be coming out about four years ago. You know, wh- when, because um, I, I got involved in it... Uh, started this year is that right it's about right isn't it um i can't remember i think it was the start of this year and no it was over covid i'm gonna say 2020 <laughs> it was started no time i hate it we uh, started working on it in 2020 yeah we but I, probably reached out to you 2021 yeah and then we recorded it did we record it last summer then yeah we recorded it last summer okay yeah. sorry yeah that that t- time is a mess um but you started in 2020 yeah, um, we lockdown happened and it emerged from a conversation I had with one of the other Bootsy Boys writers, Steve Bennett. Steve was really looking forward to seeing Michael Flatley's Blackbird and was worried like a lot of people <laughs> were that with the because it had already been delayed and then the pandemic happened, he was worried that we might never see it uh, in real life. Um, and between the two of us, we hatched a plan to just write our own version of it and the Bootsy Boys were up for it so all eight of us put our heads together and wrote a full script of what we thought would be in the final film. And when did you like do you remember when you became aware of this thing as an entity? I do yeah I think I was at work um, and the first poster started doing the rounds yeah which was just a sort of calm enough poster with... So one in the triangle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just him, I think, two women, and a Eric, Caribbean... Eric Roberts is there as well, Eric it? Roberts it's is in there, yeah. And... The it, one celebrity. It very much looks like a one-man remake of, of Casablanca. Um, but I think when we all saw the second poster that had explosions... <laughs> and two guns. And two guns. And a tagline. And two lads standing back to back <laughs> shooting in different directions <laughs> and a speedboat <laughs> and a colour scheme that was like all fire, amber yeah. and red. 
uh, that we got really excited because we realized, oh, wait, he's going full Liam Neeson on this uh, <laughs> on this project. Yeah, it's something so, we might touch on again because that was, yeah, that was definitely my take of his performance. Because, yeah. um, <laughs> like, I remember you got onto me and, and you, you kind of pitched the idea to me. Um, and obviously, I similarly, uh, like most of anyone on Twitter, seems yeah. to have the same obsession with this film. It just keeps coming up and up again. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's a great idea. Then it became the terrifying nature of we need to do this before he does inevitably re- release it. We need to get our fictional version where we haven't seen it out. But um, when you like, because I and when you wrote it, were you literally just going off the elements on the poster, or did you do any research? We had two poster images and we had a one paragraph blurb okay (laughs) and we had our imaginations and we did some research into what we could find out about michael flatley himself to imagine to get ourselves in his headspace um one of the bootsy boys read his 2006 (laughs) autobiography and um he's yet to recover from that experience Uh, who was the unfortunate was that fiona Uh, it was michael sullivan oh god And Michael Michael Sullivan, I mean, as soon as he opened the book, he sent us a screenshot of the first page where the first page of the autobiography is a quote from Michael Flatley, followed by a quote from Nelson Mandela and a quote from Bill Clinton. (laughs) (laughs) Three very similar people. Yeah, Yeah, totally. Those two, the other two quotes are about Michael Flatley. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, Nelson Mandela has a quote about Michael Flatley? Yeah, he said something like the world needs more people like Michael Flatley. That's a dangerous thing to say. Why would you say that? Like, and what's the context? I'd have an ego problem if Nelson Mandela said that about me. So, what did was he at a bad dance show? Like, (laughs) at what point did that seem appropriate? Well, he did tour the world with you know with River Dance and and everything, and he met all of these ambassadors and dignitaries and people like that. And I guess they all say nice things when they meet him. But yes, so that's that's the ego we're dealing with um, and the book is rife of it's just full of examples of him winning things being amazing yeah winning competitions winning arguments um, everyone telling him not to do things and he goes out and does them anyway um, which is sort of I imagine how this film happened because I there's no point there's no version of history where a few people didn't say I don't know if you want to do this <laughs> like is this how you want to spend all of your money. Um, yeah, so this is it. So, so he ends up uh, making this film that he wrote, directed. Stars in. S- stars in, partially self-finances and partially produces. Do you know if there, like, is there, because he's the only financer I'm aware of. Do you know if anybody, like, is there any name investors or? Uh, Roger Moore is an executive producer. Yeah, that name came up with the credits at the screening. Did I was like, what? Yeah. That. Oh my God. Now, it could like, be a different Roger Moore. <laughs> yeah, it could be a lad. Roger Moore from it, Mayo. Yeah, yeah, of the Moors. Roger, Roger Moore from Talbot Street. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> that's a good way to produce a film, actually. Yeah, just find people with yeah. the same name and get them to give you a tenor. It can't be a different, because they have to be, you have to change your name, don't you? If someone else has, if someone else is like, uh, screen accredited you can't have the same okay, name okay right so it has to be the Roger Moore there I would go. presume yeah um, that's interesting uh, and your because in your version of, and we'll get to this at the end but like I the details I remember matching up to the film are he shoots two guns 
mm-hmm. and he's looking for something worth dying for. Yeah. And it's very heavily inspired by the film Casablanca. Yeah. And, and what, what we just added in, like Nazis and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Which would have been a much better than the villain that they actually choose. Uh, <laughs> okay, we'll get into that in a minute. So... Um, We've we've both seen the film. We're the only mm. of the, the reason why it's just the two of us. We're the only members of the boots. Well, I'm an unofficial member of the Bootsy Boys, yeah. uh, but we're the only members involved in this project who've seen it. And we both saw it under pretty different circumstances. So, do you want to talk about? We saw it on Wednesday. What was the circumstance you saw it in? Well, I saw it at a press screening, uh, which press screenings are typically quite low-key affairs it's like 20 critics all sitting apart from each other dotted around a cinema and usually being pretty respectful to the film even if even if it's risable they usually pretty respectful because they are invited to to write about it and all of that sort of stuff um so that was the circumstances under which i saw it although it did still get a few giggles and shuckles (laughs) throughout um but you saw it under much more interesting circumstances uh, tell me who was uh, who else was the screening? <laughs> so I I I, had, I I found I found my way to the premiere of the movie in the lighthouse um, at seven p.m. on the same on the same day, um, and I only I only got the tickets because a friend of mine had won them and couldn't go, so I had no right to be there. Everybody else there was friends and family. I, I didn't like uh, my girlfriend works. I uh, used to work in RT, so she's got like a an alphabetic memory uh, that's the wrong word but she knows all of the Irish celebrities true A true Z she knows all of the alphabet and she couldn't pick out anyone there that was you know like, but then at the same time Patrick Bergen was there and I didn't recognise him so oh right yeah. okay wow because um, so, he has about two lines yeah, in the film yeah yeah very important role <laughs> But anyway, we, we, there was a, a the premiere, so there was like a reception downstairs. I was kind of looking around to see. I'm sure I'd recognize someone. I was like, I, I, I've been in and around the film industry for long enough that yeah. you're going to recognize sure. your faces. But no, there was a couple of like very beautiful women who felt out of place, done up to the nines. And the context for why they were there came uh, uh, later when we were sit. We went into the screening and we found her seat and we decided to sit on the edge of the aisle in case we needed to leave because, you know, it <laughs> the movie it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and everybody kind of filled in. The row in front of us had, like, uh, reserve seating the whole way, but there was then three, three or four people sitting in front of us, so they were somehow connected to the film or him or Michael Flatley. Before it started, Michael came out and gave a speech. It was a very rousing speech um, about how he's an underdog and really, yeah, <laughs> described himself as an underdog. Basically, he was like, you know, never let people t- don't let the naysayers have their way, which is exactly what you're talking about in the, in the yeah. autobiography. It was all that like mentality of people telling him no and wow. you can achieve your dreams if you. <gasps> what he say? He said, um, "This annoyed me because uh, he was like." God wouldn't give you the want to do something if he wasn't going to give you the equal amount of opportunities to achieve it. I'm no. like, not everybody has the same access to like unlimited wealth that you do. <laughs> <laughs> like that is such a, uh, I, I was annoyed at that because I was yeah. with him. I was actually for a moment, I was like, oh yeah, fucking go on, Michael. Yeah. Get out there. Oh, you. We do share an admiration for him having Achieved, gone out and actually made, made a movie. Film, like, you know? yeah, um, so there's something to be admired about just anyone who create as someone like put it to me yeah. afterwards like there's a, a huge difference between uh 
I like there's a huge important like having that amount of confidence is great, but you want to have some self-awareness. And he yeah. really didn't seem to have any no. of that. Um, anyway, he gave that big speech and he got a huge round of applause. <laughs> and just before it was over, uh, one of the guys who was organizing the screening came and talked to the three people sitting in front of us and asked them to move because Michael and his wife wanted to sit there. So I spent the entirety of uh, Michael Flatley's Blackbird sitting directly, like within a blow distance of of Michael Flatley. Um, so there wasn't like there wasn't a single giggle in the house. It was it was like a very respectful audience. And there are funny bits. There are really funny. There bits. are bits that will have you aghast. <laughs> there are moments where you'll you'll say out loud. Oh, come on. Which I did. And then my <laughs> girlfriend had to prod me to be like, he can hear you. The man who wrote that and delivered that line is sitting within ear distance of you saying that. Um, and was he, did you get any sense of how he thought the screening was going? Was he? Yeah, I. Was so I did. I've, was he, obviously, I, wa- like I did look at him. It's the same way when you see someone say a line and he's that person who said it and wrote it sitting there, you're going to check in with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of feel like he knows at this point he knows because he kind of was sitting low in a seat he wasn't like you know mouthing along um i there was a i felt it an uncomfortable like i think he at this point because he obviously has been so long since he wrote made it and put it out yeah. that i think he's become aware of the movie it is and he's reluctantly releasing it yeah. um as the thing that it, it was destined to be, uh, uh, sure, uh, the yeah. Irish Room or whatever you yeah, want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but his wife, God bless her, um, leaned in a number of times to give him a bit of like encouragement. Aww. Yeah, uh, you know, and that must be hard for her considering she's watching her husband pretend <laughs> that he is this massive sex symbol that all these young women want. Yeah. Anyway, that was the circumstances I saw it in. It was very uncomfortable. I want to go again when I can laugh because there's bits I want to laugh at. Was it a bit like when you're watching a film with your parents and the sex scene comes Exactly out? the same energy. Um, yeah. Only in this case, it's Michael Flatley. He's not your dad, but he is in the sex scene. So Yeah, and I'm so glad he wasn't there. Yeah, there isn't a sex scene, but that, uh, yeah. Um, imagine that. Mm-hmm. At the end, everybody, he got a standing ovation. It was a gradual one, uh, but we got there. Everybody stood up um, and I wasn't going to, I felt disingenuous to do it because it, you know, <laughs> like it was so far from what I would yeah. think is deserving of standing ovation. And you're a man of integrity. I just don't want to be disingenuous. I don't want to fucking get up and give him a round of applause and pretending like, oh, this is well done. Um, but then I saw loads of people recording his reaction and I was sitting in the shot of that video. So I got up pretty promptly at that point. It was like, okay, all right. So you didn't decide to stand because, you know, this man has put his heart heart and soul into a project on screen. Is that his heart? And, is- and, and, and suffered... <laughs> And is, and is is going to suffer the consequences of it now. No, you you realize there's a camera on, so you stood yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly yeah. I uh, yeah, and I stand by that. Hello, my name is Stephanie Preisner, and I'm here to tell you about my show. Basically, it's all in the name, really. The show makes things basic for people. We've done episodes about world religions. We've done episodes about COVID. We've done episodes, a lot of episodes about mental health and different aspects of mental health to make things accessible to people. One of the great things about the podcast is that you can contact me and let me know what topics you would like. So have a listen, see if anything tickles your fancy. And if there's something there that you think is missing, 
please get in touch with the show. We'll cover the topic and then you can listen to it. We're part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, so you can find us on headstuffpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. So I suppose that brings us to the most important part of this. Uh, your review, like, what did you make of it? What were your, what? Well, it is absolutely what we thought it would be in terms of ego on display. Mm. Um, there's no doubt about that. So we meet this character. Um, I keep thinking of him as Mick Blackbird, but that's, that was in our version. Yeah, yeah Vic, it's not, <laughs> his name isn't much better. Victor, Victor Blackley, Blackley yeah. is actually worse <laughs> than Mick Blackbird. <laughs> So, um, yes, we meet him. We're told by, well, we meet him as he's laying his wife to rest yeah. in the grounds of Michael Flatley's actual, actual house. Home. His, I didn't realize this until after, but that fucking mansion he puts on display is yeah. his. Yeah. Poor so, Michael. So, poor, he's, poor Michael. so uh, did his wife ask to be buried there? Who knows? But, um, <laughs> then, and we're told by other people at the funeral that he's, a spy or it's heavily implied and well, that he's well, the best at what he yes, does that's the most important thing we're yeah. told and what he does we don't know but, but he's, he's the, the best, best at. Yeah. yeah and the barman also yeah. uh, wanted to know what they thought he'd do next which I thought was weird. oh yeah the barman very <laughs> clued in on things yeah <laughs> so they're like they're, it's at the reception of his, his wife's funeral and they're at the bar and there's a couple of like key members of this super agency. spy agency and then a barman leaning in and they're all like talking about, oh, I don't know. I'm worried about him. I don't know what he'll do next. And the barman's like, what well, do you really think do he'll do next? <laughs> the hell? Like, how super secret? Oh, come on. Anyway. The super secret spy organization are called the Chieftains. Yes. Um, which I was thinking about the other day. I thought it might be an attempt to build a, a Chieftain cinematic universe of, of related films. Now, imagine hearing that out loud, the name of that, and not being allowed to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Because that was one of the moments where I was like, oh, come on. <laughs> um, so there's a secret group of spies called the Chieftains who are really good at spying. And, but and now that they, like, they're based in Ireland because they're called the Chieftains. It's called the Agents. talking about London. Yeah. Ominously. And then we, 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 London comes into it then because yeah. the next scene after the funeral is London, isn't it? Yeah, London, we see a guy shredding papers and using a rotary phone who gets shot and or stabbed or something. And, and this guy is wearing like cliche 1920s mob attire, like white shirt, braces. Yeah. He's in a, like a 1920s bunker. Yeah. Which is all fine until later when you find out what he actually was, which is like a one of the top something scientists. scientists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is his laboratory. Yeah. That whole sequence really had like... Cause He's in a he's in a basement and something's happening and someone he hears someone coming to the door so he picks up I think in, in a letter opener and yeah. hides but then an envelope comes through and anyway none of this ever pays off but um, yeah nothing in this film pays off um, <laughs> but then we find out that he held um, I mean the premise is outrageous yeah so <laughs> the, the world's scientists have developed a cure all well they have developed an immune boosting code a code yes a code a that formula will, a formula that's the word and it's on an SD card <laughs> it's, on, it's on a mini disc <laughs> and it can only be played on those old the Sony Walkman uh, mini disc Walkmans from the, uh, yeah there's an, a wonderful wonderful exchange between so this scientist has to he's been followed and he has to get rid of the mini disc and he goes through a church 
and there's nuns in there. I forgot about this. <laughs> <laughs> and there's nuns in there and he walks past a nun, but he stops to give her the shift yeah. and, and hand over the formula or the But the other nuns look on like that's weird, but not like <laughs> No, like their their reaction is so muted. I'm yeah. I'm like you're another nun. One you obviously don't recognize this nun because she's not a real nun. Yeah. She takes off her sexy nun thing and she becomes yeah. sexier. But like nobody got up and be like, "Hang on, Mary, Sister Mary, what are you doing?" <laughs> I completely forgot about that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, that just kind of comes and goes, and then yeah. we're on to the next bit. Um. And anyway, this immune boosting formula. Is going to cure a lot of but with illnesses one, around the world with one simple altercation. Yeah, it could end societies totally. I yes. don't know how when they don't either. Yeah. And when it falls into the wrong hands, Eric Roberts and he develops, he corrupts it. Uh, well, now there is a poison that can or something that can ruin people's immune system. Now, explain yeah. to me what was hit to you because I don't know if I ever fully understood what his plan was. He was going to sell it to African warlords. African, okay. They actually use the phrase African African warlords. warlords. I don't get more specific than that. Um, Um, There's a secret society of warlords to which he belongs and he's going to sell it to them or something. Okay. Um, And they're going to kill villages. They use the figure like hundreds of millions will, you know, will die if this falls into the wrong hands, which all makes it pretty um, shocking that Victor Blackley, 10 years later in his... um, beautiful Caribbean hotel so that's where is we reluctant find to help yeah, out. <laughs> yeah. So when we, we, they cut to 10 years later and that's when we meet Victor Blackley and he's disappeared. No one knows where he was mm. and he set up his own private Casablanca called yeah. the Blue Moon. Yeah. In, I'm going to say Barbados. Sure. Um, yeah. Some, some places and he knows everybody. They all know him. They love him. He walks around the club yeah. and they all like, how are you Mick or Victor or whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's a mixture of Beautiful young models and weathered Irish. Expats. Yeah, it, there's a there's a lovely eclectic mix of Northern Ireland and Barbados on, <laughs> on display. Um, it's a very straight. Like so, this is another thing that I was confused about. He was in the agency. He's left the agency. He's left it all behind. It's his past. He doesn't want to deal with his past. Mm. But then all the people working from. They're Seem, from his past. They're yeah. from the agency because <laughs> yeah. they're trying to get him back involved. So like, it's that classic tale of he doesn't want to be pulled back in. He's left it all behind, and anytime he does anything, uh, you know, bad things happen, and you keep seeing flashbacks, like really pretty awkward. brutal flashbacks. Yeah, but they're awkwardly done. You don't yeah. find out how brutal they are. You just see fire. It gets brutal. That's yeah. the one. Yeah. The one good scene I think in the movie and I, I mean good as in oh that's compelling right yeah <laughs> um, but yeah so he has flashbacks to what happened and how his wife died and why he left it all behind yeah. and that carries out throughout and he doesn't want to be pulled back in but of course all of his friends are still sort of spies I guess or partially spies who shows up with Eric Roberts only his old wasn't clear on that either. Yeah. Um, it's, she's not a former love interest. No. She becomes one. She was at the funeral looking yeah. out the window wistfully. So Yeah. So she was a spy? I don't know. Yeah, she's in the agency. In the yeah, because she met the guy through the agency. Yeah. She met Eric through the agency and fell in love while, um, <laughs> I don't know. Because cause he's supposed to be a charity yeah. guy. Yeah. But that wasn't clear either. And it's... <laughs> 
if she's supposed to be a super spy, then why is she uh, so naive that she'll date Eric Roberts? An, an immediately when, abusive. Yeah, an immediately Eric abusive like, and clearly corrupt <laughs> yeah, guy like, who pays her wads of money to leave the room when he wants to answer a, a man that she is scared of <laughs> from the moment we meet them together. Um, and like... Oh my god! None of the women have any agency in this film, and like it's it's that's where oh, that's where he's done the most disservices. All the other characters and kind of completely underwriting them, like people of color, just being written off and being yeah. there to all well, of that while giving them all the hard work of making sense of the film. Yeah, and yeah. Their dialogue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then the the other there's a young singer in his restaurant who I looked it up, the actress is 35 years younger than him. And she, obviously gorgeous. And she, first of all, what, her first encounter with him, she tells him how handsome yeah, he is. Yeah, you're looking very handsome tonight, Which we, Victor. we had a lot of believe. lines like that in our podcast. <laughs> but we really didn't think he'd ride it into us. You know, pe- people compliment him about yeah. how handsome he is. Like, yeah. Okay. Um, and then she disrobes in front of him. Yeah, and he... Good man, my a good man, Victor leads her out of the room. Yeah, because he can't. He still get, lets her disrupt. Like he oh, brings yeah, her into yeah, the room yeah. and says, "I wonder what she's going to do now yeah. in this silicon um, robe." <laughs> and then she disrobes, and he, you can sense the the fear or the the anguish or something. Uh, but he resists anyway. And but just the implication that I don't know. This is it. Yeah. Uh, there's there's also a moment where she turns on him and it's so quick and it's so like and then there's a moment where he forgives her and it's so quick and there's no like consequences to yeah. anything. The big the one of the biggest issues I had with this film, so it's an action movie with no action. They they anytime yeah. action happens, they cut away and then we come back to see the post action yeah. <laughs> reveal of yeah. Mick covered in blood or the dead body on the floor. We never get to see. We know that he can throw a punch because, like, we see that once this giant uh, fucking bodyguard who's there and constantly everybody talks about how big he is. And then yeah. Mick knocks him out with two punches. Mm. <laughs> but at no point is there any urgency in this film. He's dealing with a world ending threat and. When he finds this out, he goes on a bender and wakes up on the beach. <laughs> like he takes a bottle. Ah, it's a lot to find out that the fate of the world is on your shoulders. Is a lot for one man. I, the, I'd go on a bender as well. Not honest. only the fate of the world, but the woman that we later learn he loves and has always loved ha- is now in danger. And he takes a bottle of whiskey and goes. <laughs> There's an ocean to be stared at. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing that was pointed out is he only drinks shots because that's what obviously Michael Flatley thinks is really cool. It's and it's, that's yeah. one of the other kind of uh, true lines between the podcast was you had him drinking Mickey Finn's the whole way through. Oh yeah, yeah. But like all his drinks are shots. When yeah. he asks for another drink, he just gets handed a shot glass. Yeah, as though that he thinks that's what cool boys drink. Yeah, he also thinks cool boys wear the hat to the side because he never wears it straight on. Yes. The hats are very important in this film. This is the... They are the most... In, they are the character that does all of the work. The, the most the most visual gag... I don't want really want to spoil it, but the no. most visual gag in it is, is relates to a hat. And I've seen reviewers spoil it, which is a shame, but it's beautiful when it unfolds yeah. in front of you. And <laughs> because you said it before I saw it, you said that this happened. I was like, oh, I might miss this. You won't miss it. It's... <laughs> it's 
it's just a delight. But I think the wardrobe in general deserves a moment because it's it, the whole film is clearly, as I've heard it described in the past, what a twelve-year-old boy thinks a spy is, yeah, and what a spy does. So the wardrobe follows that as well, like yeah. all of his all of his costumes and everything he wears. Like there's one point where the bad guy. He's wearing white baggy combats. And it's just so <laughs> off-putting. <laughs> and it's so not intimidating. That's what bad guys wear. They need they need pockets for all their guns and stuff. But it just it made him seem like if I had met <laughs> Eric Roberts in a floral Hawaiian shirt and white baggy combats, I'd be like, who brought their sad uncle? Not who brought this guy yeah. who's gonna, you know, kill yeah. millions. There's also it. It is. It's hard to tell what is a costume change and what's just an error in the edit <laughs> because there's there's a scene where he's in one suit, having like breakfast or a lunch, um, on the coast, and then later that day he's in a different suit at church, and then we see him back at the first location in the first <laughs> suit. Um, but it's possible he just has a church suit that he changes into uh, in the middle of the day and then changes out of it. I, I like think if, if these are the plot holes we're getting stuck on, we'd be in a good place. But they are not. They are not like no, the, the whole film does fall apart under any. Like there's screen. no real plot to, to speak of. There's that thing of the code better not get out there. But then every choice they make makes no sense. Like they make a copy of it. So there's more of it in the world. <laughs> like this is a dangerous code. They have it in their hands. Just destroy it. Yeah. But they make a copy of it. The villains kill the guy that has it, yeah, and, but and don't go through his pockets. <laughs> so, oh my god, yeah, when that happens. So when Michael Flatley's character discovers the body, he just rummages through the co- his pockets. top pocket, his first pocket he looks in. That's <laughs> the best pocket. Oh, thank oh, God they didn't really? get this. <laughs> it's not like, uh, yeah, again, another moment where I let out a very audible like noise when that happened. <laughs> Oh my god! Like the writing is. It, this is the other thing that I think we've both said. It's at some point, surely someone was like, ah, "Take another pass." Yeah. Like have have another look at this yeah. line here. Say uh, this out loud in a room. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Oh, there's just so much. There's so much to dig into. Like the 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 casting of it. I you were saying about the 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 other female lead, the younger female lead. I don't think he ever... I think that was a blind casting. A blind right. and deaf casting. Like a, I, Well, she can sing. Yeah, she uh, can't act. She couldn't deliver a line. Mm. Um, no offence. You, you, you're in a movie, so I'm not going to take you down a peg. But and I, I, well, with, very, with, with lines that are very difficult to pull off, sincerely. Yes. Like, I did feel for a lot of the cast in this. I thought that, yeah, you, I think you said this, Eric Roberts is having a good time. He's uh, loving it. He's chewing he, it up and it, he's obviously not being given enough direction. So he's just wandering around the place, grabs his crotch at one point. Yeah. <laughs> he's having fun. He knows it's probably never going to be seen. So, yeah. But that was really enjoyable. Yeah, you're right. Like Patrick Bergen, who is obviously a good actor, mm. is doing some terrible acting and yeah. not delivering any line with any sort of gravitas or, or you know, mm. you're not believing anything that's coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's never really specified what his role is. Um, but yeah, I think the, I, 
I just found I I found some of the the lines pretty bad, but the delivery is also terrible. Like I didn't think he was the worst performer in it. Obviously, he's given it his socks because it's his movie. But you didn't think Michael Fowley was the worst performer? No, no, I, I didn't. <laughs> Who did you think was the worst? The best friend? Um, pretty bad. The 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 bartender in Barbados pretty terrible. <laughs> um, uh, I thought his the female lead. Just some of the lines. There was moments where I there's a there's one scene where the two of them are talking to each other, but neither of them are talking to anybody, and yeah. none of the lines are delivered to a person. They're just delivered into the ethos with no anything attached to them. What about their kiss? Was that convincing? No. The, that got the biggest laugh I think when I was oh, at the really? press screening because they shift. It's a proper shift, and then. The shift ends and then they go at it again for another. He goes in again, which is completely. <laughs> Do you know, I think one of the moments is when he so <clears throat> he meets this supposed love of his life. She's with a, a criminal overlord uh, who's he's been told numerous times is very dangerous. Yeah. He walks straight up to her, doesn't say anything, asks her to dance, doesn't say anything to the the Eric Roberts character. Yeah. Dances with her. It's very intimate. He touch. They touch foreheads. Mm. At the end, she says, "Aren't you going to say anything?" And he says, "I already did." <laughs> now, in a better film, <laughs> I'm going to put this to you. In a better film, <laughs> that line would work. <laughs> but then, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. It, yeah, um, I don't know. It, I don't know. I just like what does that you, mean? You, you can see him yeah, like writing that line yeah. and putting the pen down yeah. and going, <laughs> I've done it. I've done it. <laughs> Work's done for the day. Yeah. Um, but then she sits down, and Eric Roberts, who for this whole time you can see in the background, is looking off the distance, not paying attention. But you know, we we've gone, gathered that his character is a very controlling, jealous type. Mm. All he says is, "Not who is that." He doesn't say who is that. He didn't say how do you know that person. Yeah. He said, what did he say to you? And she says, oh, he asked me about my dress. I'm like, ask more questions. <laughs> this man just came along out of nowhere and, and like clearly knows your f uh, wife to be. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, had yeah. a real intimate moment in front of you. Yeah. Anyway. So. <laughs> yeah. So that probably brings us to the end of the review. It's, it's like, it's the worst kind of best kind of film like you'll want to see it and you want to see it with I think ideally a crowd where you're allowed laugh and, and have mm. have a bit of fun with it yeah have a couple of pints go see it on a Friday night if you can or when there's a lot of people in the room and like, yeah it's like it's it's tedious but tedious in an amusing way yeah sadly it doesn't swing it doesn't take enough big swings yeah. in terms of action there's no action yeah the action starts but then it cuts away and that's real disappointing. Like he shoots two guns off camera, I think. Yeah. No, he shoots, yeah. we cut away and like they in, yeah, anyway, I won't get into it because that's spoiler territory. Uh, <laughs> like that matters. The, the line he says, uh, we probably can't say it because it'll ruin it, but the line he says when he's asked, just before the shootout. Yeah. Do you remember that? Um, anyway, it, I think he, it's the greatest line in the film. Um but it's also funny because he's just come from a bender on the beach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yes. So it's a real shame if it had more pulpy stuff in it, more things to to enjoy, more just. I think if it was just fast, yeah. If it was faster, if there was like, because it it takes its time and it really doesn't need to. 
because um, it's 90 minutes and it feels longer. Um, yeah. That's my yeah. biggest peeve about it because I would love to, this to be, I want someone to go out there and make a different cut of it because I'd love this yeah. to be a, a reoccur... I'd love our... We, Ireland needs its own room, you know? Yeah, we yeah. need a movie where we can all gather and put our hat on sideways yeah. and uh, shoot two guns at the screen. I don't know. And it you... does look like... Because the because of the post the press materials and, and things, it does look like they shot those action sequences yeah. and they just didn't make the cut. Yeah. Or a decision was made at some point in the cut to, to cut Come away out. because they couldn't... They could. They didn't have enough to work with. I feel the like there's a movie. There's a movie in the in the can that they could lean into. That's yeah. a movie we all want to see. Like they, sure. there's definitely yeah. more of what we want to see. Yeah. And his ego is not letting. He he tried to present a serious, yeah, drama. Um, but it's not what the sadly, people want, Michael. It's not what the people want, and it's not what you did. <laughs> like <laughs> your best Liam Neeson impression isn't going to yeah. uh, make it so. So before we wrap up, um, from the movie and the the podcast you wrote, what are the parallels? Well, um, we got a lot about a lot a lot of it right with regards to the sexually charged encounters. Yep. Yeah, actually, his first like the, his first scene with um, whatever her name is in the movie is very similar. A, like to yeah his to, first encounter to, with Isla yeah and uh, <laughs> thing yeah and and when he sees the person from his past as well uh, when he sees her he's like huh fiance yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is which I think is a yeah. literal line from yeah. her husband or whatever <laughs> from from our podcast <laughs> um so things like that we really got right all of the stuff of people being like. But I've qu- I've left that life behind. Yeah. That's all in there. Like all of that, his lines of dialogue. It's like I yeah. can't do it anymore. And Pe- even his struggle to to do the inevitable thing that he you know he's going. Yeah, to. we ours was better defined than yeah. his. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so um, so yeah, all of that is is there. We just added some more fun stuff with some more action sequences. We had a shootout. I will in the say the action. The, there is movies. more action in the podcast yeah. than there is in the movie. Yeah. Um, all kinds of action yeah <laughs> oh yeah yeah actually yeah. that's I think we did deserve a sex scene in the real movie like yeah there's so much of would someone age appropriate <laughs> sure <laughs> but that was never gonna happen no that was wasn't. like he no. didn't cast a single person that would have <laughs> yeah, fit that yeah. bill um, he's a sexy man Michael Flatley you know um, bursting out of those suits but in a good way I am surprised actually there isn't one yeah, I, you'd, you'd have li- thought he would have had a scene where he's lying on top of someone, and you know, because he wants this. He definitely wanted it to be the bond, to be yeah. the you know, and they yeah. all have a role around somewhere. Yeah, but no, it's so like maybe that subdued. scene's on the cutting room floor as well. I wondered. <laughs> I wonder is there a bit before he leads her out of the room where they have a moment? Because it would justify her reaction later. Anyway, uh, maybe it doesn't. You know, the, the Northern Irish thing. Yeah. Uh, was it implied that they slept together before? I was wondering maybe, that. Maybe, yeah. Like, has this happened before? Is that why she's so... Either that or she's just like... There's a, a real lack of uh, men a, in, on this small <laughs> island that she's on or something because <laughs> she's way too into him. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I they, they're probably the main... over Like... You know, it being a Casablanca knockoff, obviously the mm. both ha- both have. Um, 
but I think that would be that would be a good game, uh, <laughs> Bootsy Boys Bingo, to see if yeah. you to see what what items actually show up, yeah. and then you have to take a shot of whatever drink he's drinking the whole way through. Totally. Um, and there's some Irishisms in there as well, which we kind of had in ours. Yeah, and the the pre, the religious element. Oh, of course. He doesn't directly yeah. compare himself to Christ in the film <laughs> as he does in ours, but he does. You know, it's all about him deciding whether or not to confess, confess his sins, and then telling the priest that he's going to sin again. Yes, probably the second best line of the film. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're pretty happy with. <laughs> I think we'll be. Pre- I can't wait for the guys to see it and see what they. Yeah. See what they think they're seeing it tonight. Um, I think they'll be thrilled with how much we got right in terms of the tone. We might have to do another an, a second review from the <laughs> entire. Um, but I, what another thing I'd love to see is a Booty Boys commentary of the film, uh, if, if that's something. Oh, sure, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, look, uh, that's that's been our review mm. of the Booty Boys, uh, Michael Flatley's Blackbird, slash just Michael Flatley's Blackbird. Um, go check out the film. Uh, see it in cinemas, you know, Go on. He's he's spent all his money. He's put a lot of effort into it. It might not be the film he wanted, but let's give him the the opening weekend he wants. Yeah. Um. And go back and listen to the podcast and see what actually you know. See how how much they got right and uh, let us know what you think is better. Yeah. Um, Please. Thank you. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.